for your love for us, and I thank you uh, for this amazing church that we all get to be a part of, Lord, and I thank you, um, Lord, that we get this moment each week um, to come together collectively to dive into your word and to, to learn what you have for us to take, um, to apply to our lives. And so, God, today I pray that um, in these next few moments, as, uh, as your Holy Spirit moves, God, I pray that you would show us something that we can take and use um, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, um, Lord, and if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray that today might be that day. Father, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, you can also jump in the Bible app, by the way, to follow along uh, if you haven't done that already. Um, but uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the, according to the Word of God, that it is... Um, that it is a fact that we are essential and that we are God's masterpiece and that he wants to use us and that the only thing limiting us from being used by God is us. And I think that's an interesting place to start today um, with what we're going to be talking about. So um, how many of you have heard of the quarterback Roger Staubach? Anybody heard of him? Some some of us have, some of us hasn't. Um, He played before I was born. Uh, 1971, the Dallas Cowboys won the world championship um, with Roger Staubach as quarterback. And um, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, by the way. He's, uh, he's definitely in the Hall of Fame and um, was an amazing quarterback. But his coach, Tom Landry, was an amazing coach. In fact, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I, if If what I read is correct, he went in the Hall of Fame like two years after he retired, which is virtually unheard of. Basically, before he retired, ready to just put him in the Hall of Fame because he was just that good of a coach. And he was an amazing play caller. And here's what's interesting. So Roger Staubach, amazing quarterback. Tom Landry, amazing coach. Roger Staubach was not allowed to call his own plays. I find that funny because of how good he is and was and and the lore around the name of Roger Staubach. Um, but Tom Landry said to him that you could only change the play if there was an emergency situation, and if you do, you better be right. That would be intimidating, coming from a coach like that. He says, you better be right. And here's an interesting quote from Roger Staubach about this, because he was a great quarterback, as I said. But here's what he said. I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Listen to that again. I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey, there was harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Went on one Super Bowl. There's a lot we can glean and learn from from that. If you do have your Bibles or you got the Bible app, turn to Acts chapter 8. And we through a story here that really does begin with obedience. And the story does end up leading to baptism, which uh, I feel very appropriate for today for obvious reasons, um, which is also why I am preaching my first Sunday in board shorts. Um, by the way, this is not going to be the huge, just so you know. Um, it just kind of hit me just now, like, wow, um, I should probably say something about that because, yeah, I'm not going to every week be preaching in... Um, flip-flops and board shorts. But you know what? If we had people getting baptized every week, I'd do it because that's what it's all about um, is, uh, is life change. So, uh, so I'm excited to actually 
for, for all of this. But let's, let's look at this story here, because we're going to talk about Philip um, and, uh, and him meeting uh, the eunuch is really how he's referred to. And so we're going to go through this story here together, and I want you to see some things as we go through this that I think can really apply um, to all of us and hopefully challenge us today. So beginning in verse 26, says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. Now, let me stop right there. All right. So things are going great for Philip. If you don't know, um, read some of the verses before. I think it's important for us to do that when we're reading scripture to put things in context. We don't always do that, but I think we need to. And so if you read some of the verses before um, to understand kind of why we're at this story, um, Philip is... uh, ministering in Jerusalem with, uh, with some other people, and things are going well. Things are going good there. And so the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, um, go down to the desert. And so he just goes. He just instantly goes, he says. He was told to leave a situation where things were going great to go to the desert. I would probably maybe ask a question or two if it were me. Um, but God said, I want you to go down to the desert, and then when you get there, I'll show you what to do next. That's, um, that's not the best way to always hear things for us, the way that we're wired. But that's just kind of how God is, because God usually doesn't tell you everything all at once. He tells you one step at a time, because if he told you everything at once, you would do it, <laughs> right? So he tells you kind of one step at a time, but he didn't tell Philip the whole story, and Philip was okay with that which is interesting because that brings us to our first point, which is this. God's will is for us to obey. God's will is for us to obey. If you go back to that Tom Landry and Roger Staubach story, you can see obedience helps in, in when, it, when it came to that particular situation. How much more could that be in our life obeying God, right? Struggling with finding God's will in your life? Maybe you are. Maybe you're in that place where you're struggling, finding God's will in your life. Let me suggest to just start with obedience. Start with obedience. Maybe you feel the Lord's pulling you one way or another, moving one way or another, but instead you're just staying right where you are. Let me tell you that you're probably going to miss the adventure that God has for you if you just sit there. Because God's will is for us to obey. So let's continue on with the story here. Picking it up in verse 27, Acts 8, 27. says, so he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Verse 30, Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. All right, let's stop right there for a sec. All right, so this is an important man. This man was probably the second most powerful person in Ethiopia. And the eunuch was government official, but but the term eunuch was also referring to... um, physical limitations, shall we say, um, by choice. Um, essentially, he was emasculated by choice, and that's a whole other thing um, that we don't necessarily need to get into right now. But here's why this is important and why this was, I, I believe, one of the reasons why it was pointed out is because 
physical, physically, a eunuch would have been denied access to the temple, according to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1. So if he's denied access to the temple, that explains in many ways why he went to Jerusalem and he's coming back and he still has questions, right? He, he went to Jerusalem looking for answers, it says. Probably spent a lot of money on the scrolls that he's reading from, by the way, because you couldn't just like run to Barnes and Noble and grab a scroll of Isaiah. It just didn't happen that way. You couldn't, like they didn't have the Bible app. Um, these things were hard to come by. You had to have some money you had to be a person of power. They weren't just, there wasn't just like a basket of scrolls. You could just walk by and grab one. He had to seek this out, and he was looking for answers. He was seeking out God. He was looking for answers about God. But he comes back from the holy city, it says, and he still has questions. He's reading this, and he still has questions. The rituals, they didn't answer it for him. And so God sends Philip, and it says he ran over I love that verse, and he ran over, and it, and it got me thinking about how enthusiastically he ran over. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the root of the word enthusiasm. I never have until I was studying for this, and I came across something that I'd never seen before. So the word enthusiasm, its root is from the Greek, and it's two words that mean, uh, that's en and theos, and those words actually mean full of God. Isn't that cool? I never knew that before. The root of enthusiasm means to be full of God. Well, duh. Like that, that just makes so much sense when I read that. He was so enthusiastic, right? He ran over. So pick it up here in verse 30. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. So... Philip just preached Jesus, plain and simple. Who Jesus is, what he has done for him. See, the gospel begins with and is founded upon what God has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because Philip didn't, it, it just says that he just told him about Jesus, right? It, he just took the opportunity that was there to tell him about Jesus. The Holy Spirit moved, gave Philip the words, and opened the eunuch's mind and heart to the forgiving power of Jesus Christ through something so simple and in a plan that he didn't know because Philip wasn't necessarily ready for this, if you will, right? We don't always know when we're going to have these opportunities to share with people. He didn't study up. We read this passage, and for those of us that are maybe you know, been around church for a while, and, you know, you, you think of, of Easter when you hear this passage that he was reading out of Isaiah, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, lamb is silent before his shears. Like, we, we can maybe sit here and go, yeah, that's talking about Jesus, but, but this guy had no, this was also, you know, very, very close in time to after Jesus' ascension and all of that. And so he's having to explain some of these things. I think sometimes we forget that the people that were around many times 
don't understand Christianese and the church lingo and all of this kind of stuff. Sometimes we just need to simply tell them about Jesus. And we forget that maybe the people that we're with don't know all the things that are there. And so I find it interesting that he just simply told him the good news about Jesus. And that brings me to this point is that God will find anyone who is truly looking for him. God will find anyone who is truly looking for him. This man was seeking out God. He was looking for him and God sent Philip to him. God will send a Philip, right, to anyone who wants to know him. You matter so much that God will come running to you if you are truly seeking him to show you the glory of God. You matter so much to him. And if we're obeying, we could be that Philip that God wants to use. See, the eunuch was not a person that qualified, if you will, in the eyes of the spiritually self-righteous. He went to Jerusalem, left still confused. No one possibly took the time or maybe even had the guts to talk to him because this guy didn't fit the profile. Yet, I find that interesting, though, because he was a rich and powerful person. But the thing is, I think we can identify with both of these guys in some, in some ways. Because you could also be in the position of, of the eunuch. See, he'll send someone from a place of prosperity and comfort to find you in the desert. God will do that. There is plenty of scripture that talks about how God will seek those out. And he will find someone who is looking for him. And this is really the example of Jesus, if you think about it. Jesus left a place of prosperity and comfort. He left heaven for you. He left heaven, a place of perfection and glory, to come to a place that was the complete opposite. (laughs) Because you matter so much. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So that people are without excuse. (laughs) Makes me think of the line in Jurassic Park where uh, Dr. Malcolm says, Life uh, finds a way right? No, no. God makes a way. Life doesn't find a way. God makes a way. That's your next fill in there. God makes a way. The eunuch's conversion was based on seeing Jesus in the word. True conversion always comes not by seeing the amazing things that God does, which are amazing, but by hearing the word. That's what Romans 10 says. True conversion comes when God brings a Philip, a friend, a neighbor, a barista, a person at the gas station, a church (laughs) into somebody's life who is simply riding through life, curious and searching. And then you share the gospel with them from the word of God and, and you let God handle the results. I think that's a tough one for us to to get our heads around sometimes 
is that the results are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. That's hard to let go sometimes. It's hard to let go. I, I know I struggle with letting go of that often. But results are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. And that could be you or me. And so here's the question. Are we enthusiastic enough, full of God, to go without really knowing everything? Let's continue on with the story here. Verse 36 in Acts chapter 8. It says, as they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. How ironic that in the desert they came across some water. There's God for you. See, the man was so moved and he was so serious about the decision that he had made with the knowledge and the belief that he wanted to be baptized and he wanted to declare his belief right then and there. He couldn't wait. He was enthusiastic. He was full of God. He said, I want to submerge myself to the will of God and I want to submit to his authority. Let me ask this. Have you ever been that enthusiastic? And I don't, I don't mean an emotional high where you get all revved up. I mean an, an emotional place where maybe you're so excited about your faith. You're so excited and passionate that you just can't even. Right? I'm not talking about when Ohio State beats Michigan again and again and again. I'm talking about, which is exciting. But I'm talking about being so excited about your faith and, and about seeing God move in amazing ways. There is nothing more exciting than that. There is nothing more to be more enthusiastic about than that, than to see life change in other people and to see what God is doing. And I'm telling you, it's infectious. It's infectious. Romans chapter six, verse four says this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. He was set free. The eunuch's faith was in God, not in Philip, because it even says that after Philip took off and he had kind of the strange departure there that the eunuch kept on praising God. I don't know if you've heard of, over, over in Egypt, there's a, a group of, uh, of Christians known as the Coptic Christians. I don't know if you've heard of that group before, but they're one of the most persecuted groups. And it's really interesting that that group traces their spiritual heritage check this out, back to this guy, to this eunuch, to this man, to this, to this moment that's in Acts chapter 8. All because Philip was willing to obey and he was willing to leave comfort and it didn't make sense to him at the time, but what an amazing heritage to be a part of. 
What an amazing thing to be a part of. And you have no idea if the people that you come in contact with, the people that God has maybe put into your life, that maybe you enthusiastically run over to, you have no idea what God may do with them. Not to mention what God wants to do through you. What an amazing spiritual heritage to have there. To be able to trace that all the way back. Lives were changed because Philip was willing to go to the desert when it didn't make sense. And that's where the connection point for the day is this. Is that God makes a way because you matter. See, God makes a way because you matter. You are more than enough. You don't have to fit into the God-shaped box because... By the way, there's no box. God invented the box. There's no box to fit in. He wants to use you because you matter more than anything, and he will make a way. And on the other side of it, you matter so much that God is making a way for you. He's also making a way for you to come to him if you haven't yet. Maybe today, maybe this moment, maybe right now, is that way that God has made for you right now. Maybe God is talking to you right here, right now. And maybe, just maybe, everything has led to this moment. That's exciting. You matter so much that he chased you down to set you free. Jesus chased you down to set you free. Just like Philip enthusiastically ran over there and just was willing to talk. He, he wasn't studied up. He wasn't ready to go, if you will. He didn't know what was coming. Yes, we should study to show ourselves approved and all of those things for sure. But at the same time, we're never going to be ready for that moment. So we've just got to be ready all the time because we don't always know when that moment's coming. But his forgiveness is something to celebrate. That's what we're going to do here in just a few minutes. We're going to celebrate. He will find you where you are. God will find you where you are and set you free because you matter. Can we all bow our head, close our eyes for just a minute? Because before we go into this moment of baptism, I want to give an opportunity for everybody that's here. Maybe it's one. Maybe it's more. If you haven't put your full faith and trust in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It starts with obedience to God. But if you're not 100% sure, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to be with Jesus in heaven one day when you're no longer here, we can make that, we can talk you through that decision right now. You can be baptized right now. We'll figure out your dry clothes. So if that's you, if maybe the Holy Spirit's talking to you right now and you know you need to make that decision, maybe, maybe you've been running and God's been chasing, would you be willing to just look me right in the eye right now if that's you? You want to know more? I may not be able to see you, but if that's you and, and you want to know more about that, I, I would love to talk to you. And we've got some people here that would love to talk to you as well. I could potentially... Um, Send you, send you to talk to somebody right now if that's you.
can just jump out of your seat and head toward the back. And, and I know that we've got a few people that would, that would love to talk to you right now. And for the rest of us, I hope that we can take this challenge, take the enthusiasm, the fullness of God that comes, that comes only from him. He will make a way and provide the means. Water in the desert, you know? Maybe we need to have our eyes open for the Abba has put around us to reach people for him. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for this time that we've had. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your word, and I thank you that you will come chasing us down. And at the same time, God, I thank you so much that you want to use us to push people to you. God, that you, you've made a way for each and every one of us because we matter. And Lord, help us to have our eyes open to the times when, God, you want to use us to make a way for others because they matter. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to move. God, I thank you that we are to this moment where those that are gonna have put their faith and trust in you are gonna come forward to be baptized. And God, we can't wait to celebrate with them. But Lord, if there is one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray they wouldn't leave this place now without getting that right with you. In Jesus' name we pray.